0: And then you got Haggai, and then you got Zechariah, praise the Lord, well, we're going to look and open up in, in the book of Haggai, amen, and we're going to see what this prophet had to say as we look in the minor prophets right here for just a moment, and just so you know, this, uh, the book of Haggai is the second shortest book in, uh, in the Old Testament, amen, but let's look starting uh, in chapter 1. If you notice, there's two chapters, but we're going to start in chapter one and starting in verse two, if you would go there with me. Haggai chapter one in verse two. And the word of the Lord reads, praise God. I'll give you just another second. I hear some pages. He says, it's a hard one to find. He says, thus says the Lord of hosts, this people says the time has not come, even the time for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies desolate? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much, but harvest little. You eat, but there is not enough to be satisfied. You drink, but there is not enough to become drunk. You put on clothing, but no one is warm enough. And he who earns, earns wages to put into a purse with holes thus says the lord of hosts consider your ways and go up to the mountains and bring wood and rebuild the temple that i may be pleased with it and be glorified says the lord you look for much but behold it comes to little and when you bring it home i blow it away why declares the lord of hosts Because of my house, which lies desolate, while each of you runs to his own house. Therefore, because of you, the sky has withheld its dew and the earth has withheld its produce. I called for a drought on the land and on the mountains and on the grain, on the new wine, on the oil, on what the ground produces and on men, on cattle and on all the labor of your hands. Amen. Let's pray real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, God, to share your word. We thank you, Lord, for being the one that that provides everything for us, God. You are Jehovah Jireh. You're our provider. And so, Father, I just pray, God, that you... Just begin to reveal your word to us, reveal your truth to us today. Let me preach a word that can impact your people today, God, that we can grab a hold of something, God, that we can apply to our lives, amen, and use to go further with you, to be more effective. Father, we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. If you would, give the Lord a hand praise this morning, amen. Praise the Lord. I want to talk to you a little bit about something that I started talking about on Wednesday. Amen. And I'm going to pick back up kind of around the same topic, and it's going to be a part two, uh, talking about priorities. Amen. Talking about priorities. And one thing that, uh, you know, uh, we began to speak on last Wednesday is I used the example of the, the rich man that began to uh have a a great harvest that was produced amen he began to be very blessed he was a man that desired to be rich amen and he desired to begin to uh focus a, on creating security here in for his future in this life amen and if you remember the story about that man uh, amen that was uh basically what his his priority was that was what his motive was amen but it he little did he know that the Lord was going to call him home amen that very next day and so I want to pick back up a little bit just talking about that and I want to talk about priorities amen because one of the big pressure points in our life can be the issue of priorities amen amen and But before we can do that, first, I, I want to share real quick what the, the word priority means according to the dictionary, amen? Good old Webster dictionary can be real helpful sometimes, amen? And so the word priority is defined as this, the state of having most importance or urgency in your life or somebody or something that is ranked highly in terms of importance or urgency. Amen? I'll repeat that one more time. The word priority means, according to the dictionary, amen, the state of having most importance or urgency. In other words, we're talking, when we're talking about priorities, in our life, we're talking about what is it that is most important in our life? What is it that cre- is, we see as the most urgent? And realistically, life is full, amen, of putting together proper priorities amen we have to prioritize our life we have to prioritize our time we have to prioritize amen all kinds of things for a college student amen if they're focused the priority ought to be doing their books am i correct but how many of you know it could be so easily distracted and their priority could be amen hanging out with the popular crowd can i get an amen amen And that's just one example of many where we, amen, have to have priorities, amen. We have to figure out what is most important and what is most urgent for our lives, amen. And this is something that where somebody or something is ranked highly in terms of importance or urgency, So when we look at this, the very definition of the word, we can begin to see why this issue is so important because from our priorities flows the way that we live our lives. The way that we live our lives, amen, is going to flow from what our priorities are. That's going to determine, amen, what is first. It's going to determine what we spend our time on. It's going to determine what we spend our money on. It's going to determine what we spend, amen, life on. And this is why God was so, Jesus was uh, so, uh, you know, direct when he talks about, amen, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, amen, amen. Because, uh, you know, uh, when we begin to look at this, amen, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything shall be added unto us. See, everything, when we look throughout the Bible, there's scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture that begins to begin to point to priorities. Because God knew, amen, that the priorities that you had in your heart, amen, and in your mind was going to determine what you did with your life are y'all with me today God is good amen so what is important to us determines amen what we do and even how we do it it defines who is important in our lives which will determine the time and the effort that we put into those people And even, amen, I I want you to look at this for a minute. Are y'all with me today? Somebody say God is good. good. Now, I want us to jump back over into where we were in the book of Haggai for just a moment. Amen? Because the book of Haggai begins to uh, be a message to the Jews who had turned to Jerusalem after living in captivity in Babylon for many, many years. They had been taken into exile, amen. They were taken into captivity by the Babylonians, but there was a people, the Jews, were returning to Jerusalem, amen, to begin to restart their lives. The temple had been destroyed, the temple of Solomon, amen. Everything they had was gone, and they're coming back, amen, to a land where they've got to begin to start fresh. Where they've got to begin to start, amen, to rebuild what they had. They had been brought out of captivity, amen, and they were brought back, amen, to their land. And as we recall Babylon had destroyed Jerusalem, amen, in Solomon's temple for about 70 years prior. And when the Jews returned from exile, they faced the task of rebuilding. And those that returned first, they began to make uh, attempts to clear the debris, amen, and to lay the foundation for a second temple. And they had the neighbors, which were the Samaritans, who had offered to join in and work. But the Jews refused, amen, their, their help. And so the Samaritans in turn threatened the workers, amen, and sent men to Persia to lobby against the Jews, bringing, which then brought the work to a halt. Now, I want you to look at this for just a moment because when we're talking about rebuilding the temple, The temple, amen, was a place of worship. The temple was a a place where God would would dwell in a special way. Amen. Are y'all with me today? Somebody say God is good. And what began to happen as they began to come back to Jerusalem, amen, amen, All of a sudden, in this progress, they begin to start cleaning things up, and they begin to start, amen, preparing to lay another foundation. And all of a sudden, the work began to just stop right there. And as years passed, slowly but surely, Jerusalem came to life again. And what you begin to see in this text is you begin to see where homes begin were built, where stores opened, amen, where. Uh, businesses were established where fields were planted and crops harvested. And what happened was life began to reassemble itself right there in Jerusalem. But Israel, however, got used to life without the temple. Now, I want you to look at that for just a moment. They started to clear the rubbish They started to lay the foundation, amen. Something began to happen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Something began to happen, amen, and they got their focus off of building the temple. They got their focus off of restoring the place of worship, and they began to get their focus amen, on building their houses and their businesses and everything else. Now, I want us to look at this for just a moment because this is constantly something that we have to begin to be aware of in our lives. Are y'all with me today? Somebody say, God is good. And so what began to happen as they were building these houses and these businesses and these other things that were being built, amen, the foundations of the temple were beginning to be overgrown with weeds. And this stood as a reminder, amen, of the Jews' failure to take care of God's house. And for 14 to 16 years passed, and then God sent the prophet Haggai. Thank God for the prophet, amen? And he sent this prophet of Haggai who appeared on the scene with one prevailing message, amen. And this is the message that he said. He said, it's time to finish rebuilding the temple. In other words, this was a message of priority. Somebody say priority. Priority. See, because it's important for us, amen, that we put first things first. Are y'all with me? I'm here to tell you when it comes to a Christian's life, amen, priority is this, according to the scripture, your relationship with God first, your family second, starting with your marriage and then your kids, because the Bible says that you're one flesh with your wife or your husband, and then everything else comes after that. But I want you to look here for just a moment, amen, because the temple was the center of worshiping God. Now, mind you, I said, amen, that first is your relationship with God. That's first and foremost, because if your relationship with God isn't right, amen, then I can promise you your family life isn't going to be right. Amen. If your relationship with God isn't there, amen, then your relationships with everybody else, I've shared it many a times, we've got to go vertical before we can go horizontal. Are y'all with me today? But the temple was the center for worshiping God, and it represented the heart and the soul of the Old Testament, of of religion in the Old Testament, amen. And although God is everywhere, the temple was the place, amen, amen where God dwelled in a special sense. How many of y'all know when we come to the house of God together, amen, God dwells in a special way. There's a special anointing when we come together as a church, amen, and worship together, amen, when we don't forsake the assembling of the brethren, And so when we look here, amen, for the temple to lie in ruins was the neglect, the worship of God in their life. And what this was, was a testimony of misplaced priorities. And as a result, it was an embarrassment to God and a blemish on his reputation. And Haggai's message was pretty blunt, amen. He didn't pull any punches. He didn't waste any words. But Haggai spoke, amen, like a foreman on a construction project with a hard hat and a tool belt, amen, walking around on this construction. And we found here some practical steps first. And I want us to begin to look. Look at verse 2 right there, if you would, for just a moment. Haggai chapter 1 and verse 2. Because what we begin to see right here in this verse is the people beginning to make excuses how many of y'all know sometimes we can begin to make excuses but how many of y'all know what we prioritize in our life we're going to make time for what matters to us we're going to make time for are y'all with me today somebody say priorities priorities So here we look, amen, and and Haggai confronted, amen, excuses for the temple lying in ruins, amen. And this is what he said in verse two, thus says the Lord of hosts, this people says the time has not come, even the time for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt, so that, in other words, I want you to look at this because if you remember back what I shared, they started to rebuild it. In other words, they intended to build God's house, but they, had, they, they just hadn't gotten around to it at that point in their lives. Are y'all with me today? Their intentions were good. They started to clean away the rubble. They started to lay again the foundation they started, amen, in order to restore the place where worship of God was first and foremost and available in their lives, amen. But something happened, and they just hadn't got around to it yet. Amen. And I'm here to tell you, we've got to make sure that we identify what our priorities are in our life. Because there's going to be all kinds of things that are going to begin to come in. Amen. And we've got to make sure that we've got some things in place in our lives where, you know what? No, this is first and foremost. Are you all with me today? So they intended to build God's house, amen. They intended to restore the place of worship in their lives, in their city, amen, in Jerusalem, but they hadn't got around to it yet. And if you were to ask them about it, they would probably say, I'm all for building the temple. It's a great cause. Hello? Hello? But God wants us to take care of some other things first. Somebody say, God is good. good. Now, mind you, I told you, first comes your relationship with God. Amen. Second comes your family, starting with your marriage and then your children. Some people put their children before their marriage, and then they wonder why it suffers. The thing the children need to see most is a productive marriage. Otherwise, you're going to have the kids trying to divide your house. Hello, somebody. Playing you against each other. Scheming. Are y'all with me today? Just so you know, if you're married, it's you versus, amen, the piranhas. That's what it is. It's, your, it's your, you and your husband or you and your wife versus the piranhas. And God's the center of that deal amen don't let them play you against each other hello you're one flesh the bible says god is good amen i mean it just happens sometimes we find ourselves amen investing so much in our kids we don't even invest in our marriage especially moms they tend to do that don't they us men, we tend to be investing in our careers and in our work and in these things, amen. But the women, they, sometimes they tend to invest in the kids and they, amen, neglect the marriage, praise God, amen. And then those kids begin to manipulate, hello. I just walked into teenage life, amen, over the course of the last six months. I, I didn't even realize I was there, but it, was, it just showed up, amen, and boom. I was like, wow, thank you, Jesus, I had a whole nother level of respect for some folks that have walked through that before. And it increased my prayer life tremendously. But these are people that they had the right intentions, but they begin to make excuses. Amen. You know, there was a man named Billy Sunday, and he defined excuses this. He said, "The, the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. The skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. Benjamin Franklin wrote this, I never knew a man who was good at making excuses who was good at anything else. That's what he said. (laughs) In other words, if you're good at making excuses, well, thank you, Jesus, you're good at something, but that's about all you're good at. That's what he said. That's not in the Bible, okay? It probably is, but not in those words. God is good, amen. But I wasn't quoting the Bible, I was quoting Benjamin Franklin. You know, it's always easy to make excuses when we don't want to obey the Lord. We can always find rational justification for not doing what God wants us to do, amen. We can say, you know what, the time is not right. Amen. I've got this responsibility. I've got that responsibility. Amen. Uh, my kids need me now. Amen. And when when things settle down at work, amen, I'll begin to do it. Or amen, then I can begin to do something. Or and we all deal with this, right? I mean, I share about balance. Balance isn't just straight across the board, amen, but balance is putting time where time is needed, amen. Amen. If your marriage is lacking, you need to put some time in your marriage. If your relationship with your kids is lacking, you need to put some time with your kids. If your church is lacking, you need to put some time in your church. If your relationship with God is lacking, you got to put some time with God, amen. This is what balance is. It's not just, amen, this percentage, this percentage, this percentage, but there is some priorities in our life that if we'll put first according to the word, to God amen everything will begin to level out and it'll be the way that it's supposed to be aren't y'all glad that God gives us some instructions on how to live this life amen Amen. somebody say "Don't don't make excuses so the first step to putting first things first is to admit our responsibility amen the second thing we have to do is we have to cease from being selfish. In other words, closely aligned with excuses, amen, is making, uh, having a selfish mindset. And Haggai challenged the people's selfish behavior. The word of the Lord came through Haggai the prophet, amen. Is it a time for you yourselves to live in your paneled houses while the house lies in ruin? Amen. In other words, paneled houses uh, was meaning covered or roofed, amen. But the point was this, that it represents the, the finishing touches. In other words, their homes, amen, their homes were not in process. They were completed, amen. Their homes were complete, but the temple remained non-existent. And sometimes, amen. We can have things in our life, amen, that we have put time to, and they may be complete, amen, but our life, amen, of worship may not be. God is good, amen. God is good. You know, one thing about it is it's easy to drift away from God's agenda to our life. It's easy to pursue selfish desires while ignoring God's, amen? And in fact, in default mode of our lives, I want you to know this. If we give no thought to how we're living, amen, and we naturally live, then we're going to naturally live for self. If we don't give thought to it, amen, if we're not examining ourselves, If we're not evaluating our time, if we're not evaluating our situation, amen, according to the word of God, against the word of God, then guess what? The default is to live for self. It's easy to drift away from God's agenda to our own. It's easy to pursue selfish desires while ignoring God's. In fact, amen, it's the default mode of our lives, amen. And if we give no thought to how we're living, then we're always going to go towards selfishness. And this is what happened with the Jews, amen, and this is what Haggai the prophet was addressing. Somebody said, we can't be selfish. Somebody said, we can't live for self, And the next thing is, you don't want to miss God's blessing. Hello, somebody. Because the consequence of their making excuses and their selfish living, amen, in the people in Haggai's day is they begin to experience something called hardship. If you look at the scriptures, what you begin to see here, amen, he says, now the Lord of hosts says this, Go to verse 5. Will you put it up there on the screen? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts Consider your ways. Somebody say, "Consider Consider your ways. Next verse. He says, You have sown much, but harvest little. You eat, but there's not enough to be satisfied. You drink, but there is not enough to become drunk. And you put on clothing, but no one is warm enough. And he who earns, look at this, earns wages to put into a purse with holes in it. That almost sounds like a a good preaching on tithing right there. I'm going to have to keep that tithing scripture one day. Amen. He says, you've sown much. Amen. But the harvest is little and you eat, but there's not enough to be satisfied. You drink and there's not enough to become drunk and you put on clothing, but no one is warm enough. Amen. And you earn your wages, but you put it into a purse. Amen. Where holes are in it. My gosh. Look at the next verse. I want you to look at that, amen, because they sowed plenty of seed, but there was a drought, amen, and the crops, amen, didn't yield as they had hoped. See, when your priorities are not in line, amen, you can sow and you can sow and you can sow, amen, but you're not necessarily going to reap, amen, what you intended, amen, on reaping, and the reason is, is because God is the one that is in control of that. And God wants first and foremost in your life, amen, for him to be first in your life, amen, for a relationship with him to be first, amen, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything shall be added unto you, amen, amen, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your strength and all your mind, amen, trust in the Lord with all your heart and he'll make your path straight, amen, and the Lord says, consider your ways, Somebody say, don't miss your blessing. blessing. You don't want to be sowing and not reaping, amen. So it's important for us to look at this because our priorities, amen, are very crucial in the life, amen, of a Christian. They're very crucial. So what happened was no matter how hard they tried... They seem to be spinning their wheels. You ever feel like you're just spinning your wheels? I'm trying harder, I'm doing more, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and I'm still spinning my wheels. They were laboring but showing no profit. And no matter how hard they tried, amen, they seemed like they just couldn't get where they were trying to go. No matter how much money they made, they couldn't keep it. I'm sure some of us know how that feels. The more you make, the more you spend. Hello. But as a result, amen. Because of their priorities, they miss God's blessing. And so Haggai points out a sobering reminder, amen. He says, what happens in your heart affects every other part of your life. And because the people had pushed God out of the center, they suffered in every area. And what they didn't see was that God was the one that caused their predicament, God was the one that caused their situation. God was the one that caused their predicament. Because the people had pushed God out of the center, they suffered in every area, amen. And this is what happens when we push God out of the center of our life. It wasn't a bad thing for them to establish their houses. It wasn't a bad thing for them to establish their businesses. It wasn't a bad thing, amen. But they couldn't forget Amen. About the temple of God, amen, and the worship of God in their life. And that temple was a place that represented corporate worship. The Bible says, Don't forsake the assembling of the brethren. Don't forsake the 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 the, the you know the, the corporate worship. And they got so used to it. And this is what we can fall into. We, got, we get used to being busy or we get used to doing or we get used to this and that. And before we know it, we're living life, amen, without the temple, amen, in our life. And we get used to it. It becomes normal. And so they hadn't stopped to consider that God was trying to tell them something. I'm here to tell you, when the prophet comes, you need to listen. God's trying to tell you something. And Haggai screamed. He said, hey, it's God who controls the rain of the harvest. And he's withholding his blessing because your priorities are not right. Put his house first and he'll bless you. Jesus said the same thing, amen. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be provided for you. Blessings come through obedience to the word of God. And if you want to experience God's blessing, you've got to put God first. And we've got to take time to evaluate, amen. You know, sometimes we can begin to get our attention a little bit when we start going through a little bit of suffering, And it's all because God loves us. So here they are. They're in this devastating predicament. Amen. And the people realized that they had caused their own calamities. Amen. And so as a result, these people were now at a point where they were willing to evaluate the situation. See, we need to constantly take time to evaluate our situation. Constantly, because if we don't, we will get off track. It's just, it's just human nature. We've constantly got to evaluate our situation. Constantly got to evaluate our priorities. Constantly got to evaluate, amen, this and that in our lives. And there was twice right there, amen, in those scriptures. In verse 5 and in verse 7, where Haggai began to instruct the people, consider your ways, and the word considers means to give careful thought to it. In other words, it was time for the people to do some serious self-examination before the Lord. And Haggai wanted the people to stop long enough in their busy schedules to evaluate their life. Amen. In their actions. According to God's word. And he wanted them to measure the consequences of their actions. I want you to know this, saints. Evaluation is a good thing. Can I get a paper towel? Put it this way. Look at this for example. How many of y'all know when you go to school, the teacher's going to give you some test? You know, they have a test that they take right here. What's it called? The star test? Amen. Whoever invented that? Amen. We need to We need to tell them about Jesus. I'm just joking. Well, the only part about the star test that's not good is they, I think they did use that to determine whether you're going to go to the next grade or not, and they don't look at everything else that you've done all year. Are you with me? If I was just going to go to the next grade based on one test, I'd be in trouble because I wasn't good at taking tests, Amen. God is good, Amen. I could always find somebody to help me with my homework. But when it's test time, it's on me. Now, in Bible school, I did good on tests. Praise God. That's about the only place. But he told them to consider their ways, amen. He wanted them to measure the consequences of their actions. And evaluation is good. It's a good thing, amen. And the teacher gives tests, amen, employers hold reviews amen here in the home in the ministry amen we do something called an evaluation right and so these things are good amen in fact i want to give you a saying real quick by socrates he wrote this he said the unexamined life is not worth living he said the unexamined life is not worth living We constantly want to be examining ourselves, examining our life, examining it. And the best part about it is we can examine it according to the word of God, which is truth, which will set us free, which will bring blessing. Amen. If we'll just do it. Amen. If we'll just do it, that's why I tell you, I love to hear a good convicting message because I'm working towards trying to examine my life to see areas where I need to begin to adjust slightly because I want the full blessing of God in my life, amen. I want the full manifest presence of God in my life. I want the fullness of joy in my life, amen. I want the fullness of blessing in my life, amen. And so I'm doing this, amen, according to the word of God. And each day we have to evaluate how we spend our time and how we spend our money and how we use our talents. Hello, man, there's so much talent in this room. There's so much ability in this room. There's so. And if you don't take the proper precautions today, if you don't examine them today and tomorrow and the next day, then the result is severe consequences in the future. And you're going to look up and you're going to say, how did I get here? Are y'all with me today? You know, I have some of those for examples in my life. I told you I ran into teenage life all of a sudden. And I looked up and I said, okay, God, how did I get here? Yes, okay, there's hormones. Yes, okay, there's all kinds of other stuff. A transition that's going forth. Zachariah will preach about it later. Amen. There's these things that are taking place, right? There's flesh that's arising. <laughs> God is good, Amen. I don't want to get into my next sermon on this, Amen. Like, it's important, Amen. So when when we stop making excuses and we cease being selfish and we begin to seek God's blessing and we take a moment to evaluate ourselves, then we can begin to see God work in powerful ways. Amen. And this is what happens when first things are first. Amen. When God is first in our hearts. Amen. How will we know that we have put him first? I'm here to tell you, I want to share some reasons. Number one, if you put God first in your heart and in your life, you're going to be active in the right things. You're going to be active in the right things. Look at verse eight. Will you put it up there real quick? Amen. Haggai chapter one and verse eight. He says, go up to the mountains, bring wood, and rebuild the temple, that I may be pleased with it and be glorified, says the Lord. In other words, in all of our life, I mean, there's time to talk and there's time to act, amen. And there's time to consider. And how many of you know there's time to do? And those who put first things first, they're up and doing the right things. They're spending time with God daily. They're serving the people. They're honoring with him and their time and talents and financial resources. And for the Jews living in Jerusalem, it meant cutting down trees in order to build God's house. And we're looking at it in a physical sense. Amen. But I'm talking to you in a spiritual sense for just a moment. And not only that, but look at the next part of that verse. It says that I may be pleased with it and be glorified. And I shared that, amen, on Wednesday. Amen. Our life to glorify God. That's what our life is for, to glorify God. We don't want to get at the end of this thing, amen, and begin to look at it and say, man, I wish I would have done something that really meant something in this life, amen. Something that really meant something for eternity, amen, because this life could be gone tomorrow. We could walk out of here and get hit by a car today. And I don't know about you, but I want to make sure that I didn't say, man, I was going to do this. I was going to go get closer to God. I was going to serve. Amen. I was going to invest. I was going to. Are y'all with me? Eternity lasts forever. But God can be glorified. Amen. Amen. So why should the temple be built? So God can be glorified. Why should the worship be restored? So God can be glorified. This is what the prophet was telling them. You know, when, when God's not first in our lives, then we're indifferent to his glory. In other words, his fame and his reputation, amen, isn't really that important to be spread. But when God is first, amen, revealing his glory is the first thing that's on our minds, amen. In fact, everything that we think and say and do is to honor God and to bring credit to him in whatever your occupation, to, amen, whatever it may be, amen. Are y'all with me today? Every Christian is to bring glory to God. We ought to be looking to bring glory to God in everything we do. Can I get the worship team to come forward? And realistically, Amen. That's why, praise God, Amen. I, I you know, I. I I'm all for entrepreneurs. I'm all for business owners. Amen. I believe God's raising up business owners. Amen. I believe God's raising up entrepreneurs. I believe God's raising those things up. And the reason why is because they can begin to use, amen, their business, amen, in order to honor God and bring glory to God in their life. Amen. So it's a blessing and they can be a resource to bring it in. And it's going to be even more necessary because as God begins to separate the light from the darkness, as God begins to separate, The evil, amen, from the righteous. It's going to be necessary that there's a place and people and place, amen, that are trained and equipped, amen, that have, amen, this established where people can come and get jobs and work and be in an environment where the spirit of God can be present and the anointing of God is present. But first, the worship of God in your life has to be first. And I believe that's what God's establishing. It's beautiful, amen. You need to be encouraged today. It's beautiful from where I'm looking, from what I see, amen. But you've got, come on, it is beautiful. We got a house full of entrepreneurs. Hello. It just ain't manifested itself yet. For some of you, it has. What are you going to do with it? God is good, amen. So we got to be active in the right things. This is the fruit that God's first His place is places first. And God, God's got to be glorified through this thing. And the other thing that's fruit is that God blesses us, amen. Because when the people obeyed. God sent a word. And you want to know what the word was? Look at verse 13 right there. This is what the word was when the people finally obeyed, when they heard, amen, the word, amen, of the prophet, when they took, amen, the correction and the rebuke of the prophet, amen, when he was telling them, amen, what needed to be first, amen. Yes, you have your houses. Yes, you have your businesses. Yes, these things are being restored, amen, where it had had been destroyed, amen, when you came back, amen. God set you free, amen. From the the world. He set you free from the darkness. He set you free from the hurt. He set you free from all these things. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And yes, you restored these things in your life. You restored your marriage. Thank you, Jesus. Boom. You restored your family. Thank you, Jesus. Boom. You restored a house. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Boom. You've got a business. Thank you, Jesus. Boom. But what about my temple? I don't know about you, but I don't want to have pockets with holes in them, man. I don't want to serve and labor and work and everything else. Amen. And not, not reap what I'm giving, Amen. Just, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to be have that going forth. I want to get everything that God has. Amen. I want to sow and reap it. Oh, 10, 20, 60 fold. Amen. A hundred fold. Are y'all with me today? If I'm going to put it in the work, I want to get back what's, what's coming to me. Amen. But it's got to be. things have got to be in place. And this is what he says. He says, Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke by the commission of the Lord to the people, saying, I am with you, declares the Lord. See, once they adjusted their priorities, once they got it back in place, he says, I'm with you. And how many of y'all know if he's with them, who can be against them? If God is for you, who can be against you? God's the one providing. God's the one blessing. God's the one bringing the harvest. God's the one bringing the increase. God's the one, amen. He's the provider. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's in control of everything. Are y'all with me today? I don't know about you, but I don't want any more drought in my life. I don't need any more drought in my life, amen. Are y'all with me? But it wasn't until they focused back and restored the place of worship in their life. They were living without the place of worship. It had to be first. You take care of it and you seek it first, everything will be added. Cars will come your way. Businesses will come your way. Land will come your way. Houses will come your way. Relationships will come your way. But you got to put them first. That's what Haggai was telling them. They got back in line. They got their priorities back where it was. And now, amen, he comes to them and brings them a message to the people saying, I am with you, declares the Lord. I am with you, declares the Lord. Amen. I'm here to tell you, if God's with you, man, there ain't nothing that can stop you. The sky's the limit. Hello, somebody. Ain't nothing impossible. Nothing. He can shift things around. He can put things in place. He can touch people's hearts. He can open up doors. Amen. He can give you, amen, just one, amen, thought that becomes an invention, amen, that makes you into a millionaire. See, you don't even understand what's capable, amen, if you have God on your side. You've got to realize that today. He says, I'm with you, declares the Lord. I'm with you. And when God is first, he blesses us. And you want to know the for sure blessing? Because I shared about all those other things. But above and beyond all that is the blessing of His manifest presence in your life. I want you to know this. If God seems distant in your life, perhaps your priorities have gotten mixed up. If God seems distant in your life, just maybe your priorities have gotten mixed up because when you put God first you experience a new awareness of his presence and that is the true blessing that God has for your life I'm a rewarder of those who diligently seek me and in his presence is everything that you need come on stand to your feet this morning Come on, stand to your feet this morning. You know, I didn't get a whole lot right in my life. But this is one thing that I got right. This is one thing that I got right. I did a lot of things wrong, even as a Christian, even as a pastor. But this is one thing that I got right. And now I've got to keep it right. And I do that by examining, by evaluating, by looking, by taking guidance, by taking correction, by having accountability, and by reading my word so I can see when I get off course. And if somebody cares about you, they're going to tell you the truth. It's just, they're they're not going to tell you unless they care. And if they're telling you out of some other motive, well, thank you, Jesus. God will deal with them. If it's the truth, who cares? My eight-year-old daughter tells me the truth, and sometimes it hurts, man. And I'm like, my God. But thank you, Jesus. If it's the truth, it's the truth. Come on, let's just lift our hands and worship the King. Let's just begin to restore, amen, the place of worship in our lives. Let's make God first priority, amen, today. Above everything else, oh, yes. Come, my King, and have your way, God, today, God. He says, if you draw near to Him, He'll draw near to you. You draw near to Him, He'll draw near to you. Come on, just draw near to Him for a moment, saints. Come on, just draw near to him for a moment. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Come on.